Good evening. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer on this Thursday night. Oh, we got a great show for planned for you today. I've got a whole green room full of guests ready to talk with you. We're going to talk about some stuff going on in Corvallis. Uh, the school board is pushing the issue of vaccinating children, uh, and some of the parents are not very happy about that. And they're going to come on tonight and explain their point of view on all of that. Bill London will be here with the news. And guess what? There's somebody who jumped into the race with Peter DeFazio or to take his seat. And from what Bill's telling us, it sounds like it's kind of been planned that way. But we'll find out more about that. If you guys have an idea of who you think should fill Peter DeFazio's fourth congressional seat, put it in the comment section. That would that'd be cool. We'd love to see that. Um, our show is sponsored in part by Chris Dental Family Dentistry. I got my new crown today and it feels really good and everything's smooth and clean. And uh, he's the greatest guy. If you guys are looking for a dentist who does not care about your vaccination status and cares more about your overall health and thinks you should have a dental, a dental treatment, whether you have had your vaccine or not, uh, he is the man to go to. He cares deeply about that. Um, also, we're going to be doing something um, next week. But I, oh, I want to tell you first, real, real fast. Um, Matt McCarl over at New Leaf Hyperbarics, uh, they're doing gift cards. And you guys, if you want to get a present for somebody, get them a hyperbaric chamber treatment. They will love it. They're six, I think $65. I can't remember. But you can call over there and get a gift card. Um, it's the gift of health. He'll be on next week to tell you more. But uh, give their office a call. All the phone numbers are up here on front. And we're also sponsored by Bucks Sanitary Service. Um, Bucks is the best. They provide sanitary services for homeless folks in our community, for homeless camps, for firefighters. And if you have a party or an event or you work with an organization, you're going to have an event, please call our sponsors because they sponsor us. And if you sponsor them, that's where we can continue to do these stories about your concerns, not about what the media cares about. And our last sponsor, Rosa Realty is doing something really cool. We want you to nominate a business that you think is struggling. And we're going to pick one business and we're going to focus on them. We're going to do a show on them with Roser. And then Roser is going to throw in a couple hundred bucks for some gift cards from that restaurant. So or from that business for people out there. So I'm going to put this up here really quick. This is how you get to that. And this is the uh, hold on. Somebody that's somebody else. Roser Business Holiday, right? Leads at roserrealestategroup.com. And you just put the name of the family in there and they'll get a hold of you and tell you more about it. Uh, so let's get our lead going, our introduction, and then we'll get our Chris Denner banner and then we will get right to Bill London with today's news. What's up with this? That's what I don't understand. From the 1120 AM and 93.7 FM, KPNW Studios, I'm Bill London. And look at you. Sarah, look at that introduction. Isn't Rick you such a charmer? Bring the lion out. We had a sketch artist do a drawing. Um, tonight on our show, we're going to have... Music therapy has been shown to release... It's time now for Rick. Hey guys, don't you think it's kind of fun? that you get to comment on the news. There's a cost. Oh yeah, there's a cost. People come after you. Like, I think that's why this is so much fun. Now it's time to get real. Said so now it's time to get real. I mean, really real. It's a big dose of really real real with Rick. I'll see you at five. Good evening from the KPNW News Center. I'm Bill London, 
And here's what we have for you tonight. Well, we're going to follow up on a couple of stories that we first reported last night. Uh, we told you last night that Representative Peter DeFazio, the congressman from District 4 here in Oregon, was going to call it quits after 36 years. Now, yesterday, after he sent out a press release making the announcement, he held an online press conference. And one thing that was very telling during the press conference was a comment about now the makeup of Congressional District Number 4. As a little bit of history, there was a failed lawsuit that was filed against the recent legislative redistricting maps, and the plaintiffs claimed gerrymandering and that the U.S. congressional districts were gerrymandered after Democrats in Salem broke an agreement with Republicans that gave Republicans equal say in how the maps were created. After Secret, uh, the Speaker of the House, Tina Kotek, decided that she was going to void that agreement during a special session of the legislature on, of course, congressional redistricting. The Democrats put them together themselves and said, these are fair maps and not gerrymandered. What's interesting is that during the press conference yesterday with Peter DeFazio, DeFazio almost came out and admitted that the maps were rigged. Listen to what he says. My district is, uh, thanks to the legislature, now five or six points better for a Democrat. Uh, finally, I have a district that another Democrat can win. It's no longer a Republican district. Uh, and I fully expect uh, to endorse and work hard uh, for the Democratic nominee and keep that seat uh, in the Democratic call. Essentially, what he just said there was that the legislature flipped the district and changed it so it's now a Democratic district. Wow. He came out and said that. I heard that. Also, it should be noted that within moments of the end of that online press conference, an interesting press release went out from Oregon Labor Commissioner Val Hoyle. She said she's going to run for Peter DeFazio's seat. She said, Oregonians need a continuation of Peter's strong, experienced leadership, especially in these challenging times. That's why I'm announcing my candidacy for Congress in Oregon's 4th Congressional District. It seems very obvious that Val Hoyle was maybe tipped off in advance by somebody, like maybe Peter DeFazio. All right, following up on another story from last night, Lane County's Board of Commissioners chose a new county redistricting map last night. They looked at three maps known as CJ and Q. Two of those maps, as we've been reporting here, were written completely or in part by Kevin Cornyn, a political consultant who was paid over $100,000 by commissioners Heather Buck and Joe Burney as they were running for election to the Board of Commissioners. Last night, the now progressively led board adopted Matt Jay, one of the two maps with Kevin Cornyn's fingerprints. According to Commissioner Jay Bozovich, most of the public comments and most of the emails to the board from citizens, i.e. voters and the people represented by county commissioners, actually favored Map C, which mostly left the county commission districts the same as they were. Well, vaccines have suddenly become scarce in some parts of Oregon after months of a vaccine surplus. The situation is a dramatic shift from late spring, summer, and early fall when Oregon threw away 
over 400,000 unused doses because of their words, a lack of demand. Oregon Health Authority spokesperson Erica Hartquist said in an email Wednesday, we acknowledge that doses may be challenging to find right now. Well, three days earlier, the authority apparently didn't indicate any problems with vaccines in a tweet that said, quote, Sites around Oregon are ready to accommodate large numbers of people seeking COVID-19 vaccinations. Offering all three COVID-19 vaccines, these sites are open to everyone eligible for a COVID-19 vaccine or booster. OHA officials said the reason for the temporary shortages are varied, but they pinned it on an interesting spin that too many medical personnel are dealing with COVID-19 patients even though new cases have been declining every week for the past 10 weeks and in the last week declined by 25% and hospitals are hardly under any stress from COVID patients. Officials in Oregon say at least 99 state workers so far have been fired because they did not get the vaccinations mandated by Governor Kate Brown. The figures from the Department of Administrative Services show that more than out of more than 40,000 state workers, 84.7% received the vaccine, 12.2% were exempt on religious or medical grounds, leaving another 3%. How many more are going to be fired remains to be seen. Also, what is not included in those numbers are the numbers of volunteers who were shown the door and the numbers of contractors working for the state that had their contracts voided because they didn't get the vaccines. We've been telling you now about initiative petitions that are circulating to collect enough signatures to go on the November 2022 ballot. Well, tonight we're going to talk about IP6 called the Oregon People's Rebate, or as Chief Petitioner Antonio Gisbert of Philomath describes it, the kicker done right. Now, those on the political left have long argued that Oregon's kicker rebate is unfair because of the way that it's structured. Well, under IP6, every Oregonian would get $750 from the state every year. And you may be wondering, are you talking children? Yep. So a family of four would get $3,000. Mom, dad, two kids. Now, you may be wondering, well, will that be coming from the pile of money that the kicker usually comes from? Oh, no, because this IP6 would create a gross receipts tax, a 3% tax on gross annual sales of goods and services in Oregon above $25 million. Now, a gross receipts tax, also known as a corporate activities tax, essentially taxes everything that comes into a business every year. Everything. This is not a tax on the net. This is a tax on the gross, a 3% tax. Many businesses run on a 2% profit margin. Grocery stores, for instance, 2% to 2.5%. This is a 3% tax on everything. Now, think back to ballot measure 97 from 2016. It was supposed to raise $3 billion annually from a 2.5% tax. Well, this structure is almost exactly the same. 
same, except it's 3% instead of 25 and voters rejected Measure 97 by a margin of 59 to 41% after the most expensive ballot initiative campaign in state history. Now, the legislature, if you recall a couple of years ago, passed its own gross receipts tax after Oregonians blew it up at the polls. It was about 0.75%. And Bymart, which closed all of its pharmacies statewide, said one of the main reasons that it did was because of that particular tax. And now, because someone has decided that every Oregonian needs to get $750 a year, we're going to impose a 3% tax on the gross receipts of any business that basically bills more than $25 million. Gee, that won't add to inflation at all. Hmm. All right, Rick. Well, how about time for you to get real? Real Rick, real Rick. <laughs> Ricky, <clears throat> you guys know how lucky we are to have Bill? Because who else digs like that and gives you perspective? Um, that is why we do what we do. It's because you are getting more and more informed about the bullshit that's going on around. And that is a good thing. I mean, did you hear all this garbage? I mean, and you guys, you have to stay vigilant on this and call these people on this and don't do the same thing every single time. Here's what I love about Oregon. Dave, Becky, and Alicia. These are parents in Corvallis who are not sitting on their laurels. Um, they're not standing by and watching something happen that they think is wrong. And you can disagree with what they believe, but they're standing up for what they believe in. They, they live in the Corvallis area. And I'm going to start with you, Alicia, because I know you have a meeting to get to. Alicia's in the, she's not in any kind of prison program. She's in her car. <laughs> not yet anyway. <laughs> not yet. Alicia, tell me kind of what is going on in Corvallis that has parents upset? Um, well, I think there are a few things um, that are kind of happening that are very concerning. Um, one, I know you guys will be talking about here in just a little bit. So um, really, I would say over the last year and a half, um, definitely the whole education thing that happened last year looped me in to kind of the curriculum that's being taught, the ideas and ideals that are really being pushed on the students. Um, from a young age. I mean, our son started kindergarten here in Corvallis and the amount, I think, of um, almost like forceful teaching of specific ideologies that are very contrary to what our family personally believes that's being taught, you know, to kindergartners and then is just progressively getting more and more, um, I, I don't know, like just all over the place, the older that my daughter has gotten, um, just feeling really concerned about what they're being taught, what they're being exposed to, and really from one side, one perspective. And so you guys are kind of going to these meetings and you're really pushing the, it's, but it, this is just like what's going on all over the country though. Um, Corvallis is just another local place. Dave, talk to me a little bit about the vaccine status and stuff that's going on that the, the, the district is moving forward. And you guys are saying, oh, hold on just a second. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, so the uh, superintendent of schools uh, have requested to the board uh, to review, investigate a vaccine mandate on all students 12 to 17 years old. Uh, that first cropped up in early October. 
And uh, so a group of parents, we came together very quickly. We, we found out pretty late in the game on this. Uh, and we're pretty confident based on other things that have happened in the district that if we didn't stand up pretty fast, uh, the district, the board would, uh, without much review, <laughs> despite the request for a review, would ramrod through the vaccination mandate. Uh, we found that our board is sort of a seven, nay, uh, seven yays and no nays board. Uh, once they get on a topic uh, that seems to serve their interest, um, they will pretty much just, just ramrod those decisions through. So a group of parents came together uh, in, I, I'd say, the first or second week of October uh, in preparation for a meeting, a board meeting that happened in mid-October. Uh, and we there was a lot of public comment. Um, probably, I think the most, the greatest number of public comments to our board uh, in any time. Unfortunately, our board still refuses to meet in person. So there's tons of technology challenges involved in actually trying to provide public comments. So, uh, but we have uh, a great group of parents and many participated in that and did a great job. Um, our board, they say that uh, they'd like to mandate for 12 to 17 year olds, but it's pretty clear in the discussions, the board discussions, um, that they would really like to mandate down to five years old or as early as they can to all students um, if a vaccine was approved. Now, in reality, there's no approval on any of these vaccines. There are some emergency use authorizations. Um, there are some approvals on um, manufacturing, but not distribution. Uh, the vaccines we know are, are significantly lacking in the testing and approval process. Um, and we also know that with students, with kids this young, even with young adults, there's just not a lot of risk in the disease. So the vaccines aren't really that well studied or proven, and we don't have a lot of risk in the students of this age group. So the risk benefit analysis just doesn't make sense to a lot of us parents. But we also have a district that doesn't really care what we have to say. So That's Becky, let me go, Becky, what is your, your concern as a, as a parent? And you feel like you're just not being heard, that, it, that your voice is just um, kind of yeah. void? Yeah, I've been uh, emailing the board daily since I found out about it. Um, the, the president will get back to me and say basically that, you know, the board is, and we've heard you. Um, he's the only person that's gotten back to me. I've asked the board to send home an email and an automated phone call to all the parents in the district because I don't think many of them don't know and they, they haven't done that yet. I've asked them multiple times. Um, I also am a nurse and I worked through the mandates and I experienced the mandates uh, you know, and I know what my coworkers went through. It's very traumatic for everybody involved. And so I think it's not a good decision to do our children or the parents in the school district. So, and let me make a point to everybody in the audience too. Um, as with anyone that comes on talking about this kind of topic, unfortunately, because of the world we live in, which is China, um, we have to, I have to have a conversation with all of my guests and tell them not to use certain terms and words, and they're being very careful. We cannot have that conversation or this will be pulled. That is disgusting, but that is the world that we have allowed, not that happened, we allowed this to happen. And so, so we have to work around that. So for you people out there going, oh, site specifics, we can't. You can, but we can't. And that is what's wrong, partially what's wrong. Yes, it's called censorship. Thank you. That's mm -hmm. the word. So you guys, as parents, so are, let me talk about, let's talk about something positive. The good thing about this is 
we've been allowing things to happen in the schools that we didn't know about. Does COVID, the re, I don't call it COVID, has the reaction to COVID put a spotlight on schools, the board, now vaccine, and where parents are just, it's like where we used to sit and go, eh, I don't have time. You're seeing a rumbling that is not going to be quelched um, by, you know, by, by people that are, you know, whatever. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the everything that has happened over the last year, I mean, specifically year of 2020, that was a massive pause and reset for all of us. And I know for, for me, it was that opportunity to kind of stop and see like, what is actually happening? What are, you know, the kids being exposed to? What are, you know, like what is happening when you're sending your kids to a place that you feel like you should be able to trust, it should be this sort of safe space for the kids. And all of a sudden, I don't feel like it is very safe for my kids. I don't feel very trusting of the people that are, you know, quote unquote, uh, taught or educated to teach my kids on specific topics and much to what becky was saying there's been numerous times that i've contacted principals administrators teachers at both of my kids schools people at the district level to get more information on what they're teaching the kids and it's this whole like cat and mouse game lacking transparency lacking honesty and I feel like, you know, if you don't think that you're doing anything wrong, then let's just have a conversation. Like, show me what you're teaching my kids instead of making me, you know, it's been several months in the making of trying to just get my eyeballs on, you know, some of this new curriculum that they're really starting to introduce. And I just think this has never happened before. And then going back to the vaccine, they were pushing parents to get the vaccine with the under the guise that we would be able to come in and volunteer. So I knew, I know lots of parents that went and got the vaccine so that they could go and volunteer. As of now, there's no plan to bring parents back into the school, which again is another huge red flag for me wow. that what are you trying to hide? Well, and but to tell parents this is the only way you can come in and then not even let them in after you do it, that's pretty disingenuous. So if do you think that this might give steam to an issue like what's called school choice, because um, you're all taxpayers, you're paying for a school that's not listening to you in your estimation, um, so, but you you can't always afford to send your kids to a private school or to, you know, or have the ability to homeschool and you're paying you're paying for what if you could have your money and put it where you wanted to, you probably all would be gone and in a different school with a private school somewhere. In a heartbeat. I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 all my boys have went to the same school and you know, I, I want them to listen to us. I want, I want there to be a change in our district is my goal by speaking out about it. I would hope I would hope school districts would be paying attention to that because when this is when this gets over and it is going to come, you know, some gets to some kind of resolution, um, there's going to be a new legislature and there's going to be a lot more parents who understand exactly how this can impact you. Because, you know, it's we're, we're no longer puppies. We're over, older than six weeks old and our eyes are now open. And uh, and that's going to that's probably what I've maintained for years is a lot of politicians really don't want people to understand how it works. And their, their reaction to this whole thing has opened the eyes of the public. And now we know. Yep. 
Well, you guys, thank you so much. Is there one other point you need to make? Did I, did I get you everything other? Dave, you look like you're, um, you're wanting to say one more thing. Well, I just, I just have a, a, a fun one. So after that board meeting, when they weren't, they chose not to ramrod through the vote and vote yes, and they put it back to some further reviews. I listened to the entire board meeting late into the night, and it was obvious to me they had some kind of plan. They made some references like, well, if our first plan doesn't work, meaning to get all the students to just line up and vaccinate, uh, then we need to have an immediate plan. There was a lot of excitement in their voice. And uh, we soon found out what the next phase of the plan was, and that was to coerce our students to vaccinate themselves. So in the schools, the very next day on the whiteboards, teachers preaching in class was a coercive vaccine clinic uh, program. So they were telling our students about clinics that were being held in conjunction with public health at the schools. And they were being, uh, they were giving children $100 gift cards to vaccinate. And then further, they were being very clear that if you were 15 in the state of Oregon, you don't need your parents' permission to man or to vaccinate. So come get the vaccination and get your $100 gift certificate. And if you're 12 to 14, just take this piece of paper yeah. and just get your parents to sign it like it's a permission slip to go on a field trip. And then get yourself to the clinic and get your $100 gift certificate. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That yeah. is so disgusting. Yeah, you, very disgusting. I thought it was bad when they were bribing people with these lottery things. I thought, this is so cheesy. Does that not bring up a warning, a like red flag for people? They're bribing you. But I mean, your kids, so you don't, if your kids didn't come home and tell you, you wouldn't know that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Oh exactly. my gosh, that is just so insane. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, and one last thing, the board president, uh, Becky said that he, he does respond. He's the one who responded. And a few respond to me, actually. But the president, when he responds to me, he won't even address me as a human. He just sends back a statement, sometimes not even a full, complete sentence, just statements. No, uh, hello, Dave. No, dear Dave. No, Mr. Evelyn. No, nothing. Just uh, blurb. That's it. And, and I think that's very pointed as to how they feel about Tiger Dust. He's very, they're very clear when they're gonna accept public comment in the meeting. They're very clear to tell us beforehand, we can stop this public comment at this meeting or at any time in the future. And then at that meeting where we did provide public comment, immediately after we provided comment, the board chair made it clear to say, hey, all that nonsense that you've heard from all those parents in our community, erase that, just listen to our few public health experts who presented data at the beginning of the meeting. Now, unfortunately, data was absolutely irrelevant to anything, but it sounded like it came from experts. So he immediately after we got done talking, he said, that was all nonsense. Just go back and listen to what the public health experts had to say. And then, and then after that says, oh, thank you parents for coming on and speaking to us. We always want to hear public comment. It's, just, it's so demeaning. And uh, in addition to just this overall demonization of parents that we're somehow attacking the board, we're not attacking the board, we're attempting to communicate with the board, but the reciprocation, the listening, being unheard, it's just not, it's, it's just not productive. You guys, thank you so much for taking your time and joining us. And I know Alicia had to run off to her meeting and that's great. Um, um, yeah, I am, I've never... I never cease to be amazed at the the power the the ridiculousness of politicians when they don't understand. And that's another thing, Oregon. We need we need to remind our our elected officials: you work for us, 
You work for us. Your position is there. You're there to serve. Serve. You're serving. We don't serve you. You serve us. And I'm glad you guys are keeping the service, uh, keeping the pressure on and keep going. Push back. Push back. Keep in touch with us. Okay. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Wow. The good news in all that, that's what happens when people get open their eyes and they're and it's all said like you can do this you guys don't complain don't sit they're not just sitting around and complaining they're telling their story but this is what you can do you can affect change it's what everybody talks about all the time i want my voice to be heard well sometimes you have to scream a little because some of the people that have been in charge for a long time they're tone deaf and they don't have their hearing right in here there's all kinds of crap that they've been fed and told and they can't hear anymore. So you got to yell a little bit louder so that they can hear. Oh my gosh. Kim Stark, does that just give you some hope? I mean, I had, I had heard from a friend who her daughter was told by the teacher, if you all get vaccinated, you can take your masks off. This whole, this brings a whole new level though. I mean, which obviously we know that's not true, but now to hear that they're offering coupons and incentives. <laughs> wow. Well, Let's switch gears to what's going yes. on this weekend. And I know the biggest deal because um, I'm a Springfielder and uh, we got our we got our we got our Springfield Christmas holiday parade. It's back. It's back. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And you know what? They're going to have like over, a hundred. I think, uh, uh, close to 100 floats. We'll ask Brenda to make sure. But I know that they are super excited to be starting this up again. And they've been working their buns off trying to get it ready. And Brenda, hopefully we can get you connected here for a minute. But um, hello. We're so excited to, to hear more about the parade this weekend. So I know one thing. It's Saturday at 1 o'clock. But you need to tell We're us the rest. We're almost to 100. We're getting there. We have people still calling every day to get in. Wow. Oh, you have more people getting in. Okay. So um, this is finally coming back this year. We're so excited. Now, tell me a little bit about the Oregon Writers Society and why you guys put this on, why it's such a big deal for the community. So about five years ago, if you remember, um, it was not going to happen. And about 45 days beforehand, we jumped in, took it over and got it going. And we've just enjoyed doing it every year since then. We love to see the smiles on the kids' face and the community coming together because that's what it really is all about. It is. And also you guys are having a theme this year and tell us who you're honoring this year at the parade. So this year we're honoring superheroes. It's the superhero parade, the 69th annual superhero parade. And the reason we picked superheroes is, and it's not like Superman and Batman. Our superheroes are what we're looking at is the police, the firefighters, the nurses, the doctors, the people that have been there for everybody for the last couple of years over this COVID and everything else that we deal with every day, you know, and it's just, we thought we'd try to honor them this way. I love that. I love that you're honoring them. That also gets the kids excited. And it's just such a great cause. We're so excited to see it. I know that there are a lot of people I've noticed on Facebook who are excited to attend. Um, anything else you want to share about it? I know you were trying to get something in the background tonight and it didn't quite work out. But any cool floats you want to tell us about or any previews? Yeah. Oh, we have some great, we're bringing back the Grand, Grand Marshal this year and uh, we have 
one of the main uh, nurses at Mackenzie Willamette that will be our grand marshal. She was the one that was dealing with a lot of the ER part. And then once the COVID hit, she jump started and got it everything under control and dealt with their whole unit there. And it's really done a lot of the um, Mackenzie. We have Coke, Swire Coke um, coming in with five of their biggest trucks. And then it's just going to be amazing. Um, we have got we've got some rescues coming out. We've got Connect with Canines. They're bringing their bus out to show what they're all about. We've got some great um, rural uh, fire trucks come in from um, Z out. Uh, so we've got four the plus years of age that are coming to float all themselves. We've got tons of horses. I mean, we're just, it's going to be great. Yay. Well, thank you so much for sharing. We'll get the word out. And you guys, you can go to the Facebook page to find out about the route. It starts at one o'clock on Saturday, right there in Springfield, Main Street. And they have a great Facebook page with a big brochure up there for yes. a big flyer with info. Thanks for joining us, Brenda. <laughs> and you guys also, I don't know if you're familiar or not with the um, Oregon Writers Society, but they actually are a nonprofit and they help families and children in need. So this a nice thing is it's kind of a double purpose. Of course, that parade will also be um, going toward a good cause. And someone mentioned on there that there is the Coburg Parade as well this weekend. We're starting to ramp up that parade season, Christmas spirit. So super exciting. Another thing that's going on that's not related to parades um, this Saturday is at Eugene Mineworks. They're having the Young Artist and Entrepreneur Craft Fair. This is at the Eugene Mineworks building there on Fifth Street. And what's so cool about this, they had it a couple of years ago. It's a hands-on experience for young kiddos to showcase their skills. They are actually the entrepreneur. They come up with ideas and they sell stuff. And um, I know that Rick, uh, you've joined those in the past and you've gotten to work with those kiddos and just take a look at their um, creations. And it must be so fun to see them actually selling their own stuff. Yeah, it is. They kind of set it all up in here and the kids go around and then plus they're getting that experience of really selling. So it's not like right. mom and dad made popcorn balls. And I mean, it's, it's not like that at all. These kids have really done the project and then people it. come walking through. So it's open. They can come up in here. Plus, you can see Eugene, Eugene Mineworks where my office is and they always have desk space and stuff like that. You can look at check that out, too. So, yeah, it's really cool. And it's fun to see the kids they are really excited about it. I know you, you work so good with the kids. I think that'll be so much fun. So on Saturday, if you guys have kids that might be interested in doing something like that, take them over there and check them out. Let them see all of the stuff and, and buy something while you're there. So that's on Saturday. That's from noon to four, um, right there at fifth street at Eugene mine works. And you can stop by and say hi to Rick if he's there. Um, also this is not related to parades or anything. And Rick, I think you might have some video if it works out of this, but the acrylic pouring studio. So this is called Levity Lab. And this is all about acrylics and artwork. And we had, oh, the, there it is. It's so cool. Um, we had Jennifer Skinner uh, re reach out to us. She's the creator of this lab. And it's actually down by the U of O. Um, she created this because she needed some levity in her life. And she calls it a meditative process. And you can actually go in to her studio and create some artwork of your own if you make an appointment. And it's a small fee that you can do to get a craft made you, children, adults. It just looks so fun and she also is going to have her artwork on display throughout December and that's going to be um yeah through the whole month at Sam Bond's garage so if you wanted to check out her artwork 
um, through December. It looks like a lot of fun. The other things are Cobra uh, parades that was mentioned and a farmhouse Christmas weekend in Springfield on December 3rd and 4th. And the Twisted River Saloon in Springfield is offering 80s modern and country rock music. That's on December 4th at the Twisted River, which you can also follow their Facebook page. All of these people have their Facebook pages where you can get more info and we can post links as well. And Harlow, Camp Harlow is offering lights. They're going to start tonight at 630. They're having a little Christmas lighting uh, show with hot chocolate. And they're going to do that tonight and also on Saturday as well. So um, if you want to get in the Christmas spirit and now's the time, we are in December. I know yesterday was close to, I don't know, 70 degrees for the first day of December. <laughs> Today feels yeah. a little more like December. <laughs> yeah, a little so more crazy. like yesterday I was out there going, what is this? This was amazing. I know. We enjoyed it. But wow, was that crazy or what? So yeah, this weekend you can get in the spirit. I, I have to decide now, Rick, which which ones I'm going to make because there, there are so many things this weekend to take the kids to. So fun. Now let me ask our viewers because I'm sure there's people out here who know this, but it used to be when yeah. Coburg had their parade that Harrisburg and Junction City also had, I think right. was, they used to be three, a threesome, like one would come on then the next night and the next night. So if if you guys right. check the Facebook pages and find out, because I don't know, but I know. Coburg yeah, because I've only heard about the Coburg. So if someone knows, please let us let us know. And um, we can look into that because I didn't hear about the others this year. Because it's super fun. Oh, and they said somebody on here said the um, the one at Camp Harlow requires reservations. Reservations for parking. Right. Because they only have so many parking spots. So um, and they I think tonight there was still room. I don't know about Saturday. So. Okay. Yeah, that's right. The Harlow one does require reservation. It's so fun. My kids go there every summer. So love oh, to get them. Yeah. Well, Kim. So, there, there it is. There it is. Came late magic, tonight. The magic Christmas train. <laughs> I know. Rick has the Polar Express right outside of his office. So. <laughs> hey, Kim, thank you for all you do. Appreciate you. Thank you. We'll see yep. you Tuesday. See you then. All righty. All right, you guys. There you go. What a great show tonight. Parents getting involved in life, doing their thing. Um, parades all weekend long, fun things to do, time to get back into life, enjoying ourselves again, taking a stand, using our voice. Um, we do have the power. Yeah. You know, when you open your mouth and you, and you talk about what you believe, um, you will have haters. Um, that's just how it is in the world we live in. I don't know why it has to be like that. It wasn't always like that, but it seems like it is now, but um, I was reading something from Jordan Peterson the other day and someone had to correct me online. Oh, someone else may have said this first. And then you go on their page and they're in every Democrat committee that there is in the, in the city of Eugene. So, yeah, OK, whatever. But he says, when you repress who you are or what you believe, you shrink back. And when you live in tyranny or under tyranny, you are scared to speak up. You become bitter. You become angry and you become anxious. Well, I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be angry and I don't want to be anxious. So I'm going to speak up and I hope that you guys will too. And I hope that you're learning from Bill and what he's talking about, the hypocrisy um, that goes on um, and that you you can stop that. Uh, Lisa, I did. Actually, we did. Shout out New Leaf Hyperbarics and Massage. Uh, we did because they're giving them, they've got gifts cards going like crazy. Um, uh, Dakota, thank you, but I don't want to be governor. <laughs> Betsy Johnson for governor. All right. I'm Rick Dancer. It's Thursday. We aren't here tomorrow. Uh, we take Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, and we'll be back Monday. And I've already got some trouble planned. You'll have to tune in to find out more. Share this on your page if you would, please. Just all you have to do is just share it right to your page and then let the people that come on your page 
find it and see it. That helps our clients. That helps us. Um, and it helps them because we think this is valuable information. And we think that everybody should be aware of these things. Have a good night. Good night.